Here is today's word from the Lord with Archbishop Foley Beach. Our Father, as we open your word this morning, I ask that you would send forth your Holy Spirit. Come now, Lord, teach us your word. Help us to see what would apply to us, and then give us the grace and the courage to apply it in our lives. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're beginning a series of sermons entitled Life Lessons from Luke. Life Lessons from Luke. And what we hope to do each week is we're going to open the Gospel of Luke and look at several Scripture passages and see what life lessons we might take from this and apply in our lives. Now Luke was a man who had many different titles. Sometimes he's called Dr. Luke because some people believe that he was a physician by trade. Other people call Luke an historian because the historical detail he gives in this version of the gospel and in his Acts of the Apostles have such accuracy and detail that historians think that he had to be an historian. But his most important title is Luke the Evangelist. He gets this name as do the other gospel writers because this was and is the main way to evangelize, to tell the good news about Jesus. The Gospels were written for the sole purpose that people might hear about Jesus and believe. And by believing, receive salvation for their souls with abundant life and eternal life. But the Gospels are also filled with important truths and principles for living. So over the next several weeks, we're going to examine some of these passages from Luke and see what lessons we might learn and we might receive for our lives. This week, Life Lessons from Luke on prayer. So if you have your Bible, please open with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, as we begin to see what the Word of God might have to say to us this day. Luke chapter 11. In Texas, one Sunday morning, an old cowboy entered a church just before the Sunday service was to begin. Although the old man and his clothes were spotlessly clean, he wore jeans, a denim shirt, and boots that were very worn and ragged. In his hand, he carried a worn-out old hat and an equally worn-out Bible. The church he entered was in a very upscale and exclusive part of the city. It was the largest and most beautiful church the old cowboy had ever seen. The people of the congregation were all dressed with expensive clothes and accessories. As the cowboy took a seat, the others moved away from him. No one greeted him, no one spoke to him, and no one welcomed him. They were all appalled at his appearance, and they didn't attempt to hide it. The preacher gave a long sermon about the latest politically correct issue and a stern lecture on how much money the church needed to do God's work. As the old cowboy was leaving the church, the preacher approached him and asked the cowboy to do him a favor. Please come back next Sunday, but before you do, I want you to have a talk with God and see what He thinks is appropriate attire for you to wear to worship. The old cowboy assured the preacher he would, so the next Sunday he showed back up for the service wearing the same ragged jeans, shirts, boots, and hat. And Once again, he was completely shunned and ignored. The preacher approached the man and said, I thought you said you were going to talk to God about what you were to wear here. I did, replied the old cowboy. Well, if you spoke to God, what did He tell you was appropriate attire to wear in this place? Well, sir, God told me He didn't have a clue what I should wear. 
He says he's never been in this church. <laughs> Prayer. Be careful. When you start talking to God, you may be surprised what you hear. Well, let's look at Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Let's look at the example of Jesus. Verse 1, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught His disciples. Jesus was praying. They saw Him pray. Luke tends to emphasize the prayer life of Jesus. Over and over again in His Gospel, He notes how Jesus was a man of prayer. For example, in Luke chapter 15, verse 16, we see that Jesus often withdrew alone to pray. Yet the news about Him spread all the more, so that the crowds came to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Luke chapter 6, verse 12, Before choosing His disciples, we see that He prayed. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also designated apostles. Luke chapter 9, verse 29, we see that during the transfiguration he prayed. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. In Luke 22, verse 31 and 32, we see that Jesus prayed for His disciples. And here we see He's praying for Peter. Simon, Simon. Simon was the, the Hebrew name for Peter. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In Luke 22, verse 41, Luke records that he prayed before his crucifixion. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And then in Luke 23, verse 34, we see that He prayed while on the cross. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified Jesus along with the criminals, one on His right and the other on His left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus was an example of prayer. The disciples walked with Him for three years. And they would have seen Him pray day in and day night. And now they're asking, Lord, teach us to pray. Who do you know is an example of prayer? Think of somebody that you know really knows how to pray. Ask them to teach you to pray. Ask Jesus to teach you to pray. When I think of this, my, my mind goes immediately to my wife, Allison. She's a prayer warrior. Oftentimes when she has to get up before I do, I'll get up and there she is praying. Every night without fail, before she goes to bed, no matter how tired she is, if she's been on a flight and has come in late, it doesn't matter how exhausted she is, 
She kneels by our children's bed and she prays over them, asking God to bless them and to touch them and to be with them. And then she comes into our bedroom and she kneels by the bed and she will pray and pray and pray. Who do you know who is an example of prayer? Ask God to use them in your life to teach you how to pray. Pause right now. Ask Jesus to teach you to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Then we see the exhortation on prayer by Jesus in verse 2. When you pray, he said to them, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. This is known as the Lord's Prayer. Someone has said this should really be called the Disciples' Prayer because it's the prayer He asked us to pray, and the Lord's Prayer can really be found in John 17, which we know as the High Priestly Prayer. But anyway, we call this the Lord's Prayer. It's become very popular. It's prayed almost every Sunday in almost all churches. It's prayed at many weddings. Sometimes it's sung at weddings. It's often referred to as the Our Father most of the time we pray the text from Matthew. It's not exactly like this one from Luke, but it's very close. And the teaching of Jesus is, is quite similar. Father. He didn't say pray our mother, as is popular in many circles and in some denominations today. Now obviously God is beyond gender, but Jesus taught His father, followers to pray our Father. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your name is like no other. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. This is an invitation for the reign of God in our lives and in our world. This is an invitation for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. This is asking God for what you need this day. He desires to provide for our every need. Now, I know this is hard for some of you. You think you're being selfish or that God has more important things to do in the affairs of the world. But you are important to Him. And He desires to provide for your daily needs, just as He provided for the children of Israel in the wilderness with manna every day. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. In the King James, we know this as forgive us our trespasses. This is an exhortation to not only ask God's forgiveness, but to have a forgiving heart. Are you holding a grudge? Then you don't have a forgiving heart. God not only wants to forgive us our sins, but He wants us to have a forgiving heart. I can tell you this if you don't. If you hold that offense in your life, if you hold on to it and nurture it and cuddle it and, and make it yours, you will lose your joy and you'll gradually become a bitter person. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And then lead us not into temptation. Now some of us love temptation. We fall for it every time. But this is a prayer that we will not, 
that we will be led not into temptation. That we would be delivered from evil. I mean, who really needs temptation in our life? We don't want it. Bruce Wilkinson a few years ago released a new book called The Prayer of Jabez. And he resurrected a prayer from 1 Chronicles 4.10, which most Christians and believers had just forgotten about. This is how it goes. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Lead us not into temptation. Keep me from evil, Lord, that I may not cause pain. By the way, when you find yourself in temptation, always look for a way out. Look for it. It's there. God will always provide a way out. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Look for the way out. Our problem is not so much the way out isn't there, is that we, once we ex- are exposed to the temptation, we don't want the way out. Heavenly Father, holy is Your name. May You reign on earth. Provide for our needs. Forgive us as we forgive. Keep us away from evil. Now, have you ever asked, what does this prayer concern or who does this prayer concern? This is a prayer to God asking Him to have His way, but also to attend to our needs. Your kingdom come. Our daily bread, our sins lead us not Don't ever doubt that God is concerned with your needs. He is. Now, is this prayer magic? No. Are the words magic? No. Are they important words? Yes. Important aspects of prayer? Yes. Now, we pray this prayer every Sunday in our church. We use the King James Version. Most of of us have it memorized. Some people pray it before they go to bed or when they get out of bed in the morning. Some sports teams pray it before the big game. I remember our high school football team would stop at a certain spot on the way home after each game. The high school I went to, we didn't play our games at our home field. We had three stadiums that we played all our games in. And so we'd come home the same way each time. And we had this certain spot that we would stop. And there we would pray together the Lord's Prayer. Now while the words are important, Remember, Jesus is teaching about praying. Lord, teach us how to pray. You're to pray to your Father. Remember, His name is holy. He wants to reign in us and over us. Ask for your needs. Ask for forgiveness. Pray for spiritual protection. But Jesus doesn't stop here. Not only does He give an exhortation about prayer, He gives the disciples an explanation about asking in prayer. Look at verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. 
Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The doors are already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, can you picture this? You're in bed. The kids are asleep, finally. You're just about to fall off into a wonderful sleep and knock, knock, knock. Somebody's at the door. A friend from across the street says, I've got guests that have arrived unexpectedly and they've just gone to bed, but I need to borrow some things to fix for breakfast. I need this, this, this. Well, you're listening to all this through the window and you say, oh, come back in the morning. I'm already in bed. I'm just about to fall asleep. But he keeps knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. Are you going to lie there and and just listen to his knocking all night? Are you going to get up and get out of bed? Jesus is saying that because of this man's persistence or boldness, some translations, by the way, translate that word persistence, yet because of this man's persistence or his boldness, he gets up and he gives him what he needs. Now God does the same thing with us. And then he launches into some explicit instructions on prayer. Jesus says the following in verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I don't know why we are so hesitant to ask. I don't know why we're so hesitant to knock or to seek God. But this opens God's hands of blessing when we do. I don't know why the Lord set it up this way, but it's as if God's standing there with His hands tied. And He's wanting to bless us. He's wanting to open His arms of love to us. But we have to ask. Notice the importance, He says here, of asking. Ask and it'll be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And him who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. The Apostle James in James 4 verse 2 says this, You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you want on your pleasures. Jesus then paints a picture from human nature saying that you dads know how to give good gifts to your kids when they ask you, don't you? Dad, I'd like egg for, eggs for breakfast. You don't give them roaches. Dad, I'd like a new puppy to play with. You don't give them a rattlesnake. That would be absurd, right? Well, if you in all your sinfulness know how to give your kids good things, how much more do you think your heavenly Father who is all goodness, and I mean all goodness, how much more do you think your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God desires to give to us before we even ask. 
But ask we must. Sometimes we must keep on asking. Sometimes we must be persistent and bold like the man knocking at the door at bedtime. One interesting side note here. Lord, teach us to prayer. Pray. And then he ends with saying, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You have to ask for the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. One of the best prayers to pray, and I pray this prayer every day. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me anew and afresh with your Holy Spirit. Every day, every morning, after I kneel in prayer and I come before the Lord and I ask Him what sins I need to confess and any sins that come to my mind that I that, that come to my mind that I know that I've done that are wrong, I confess them to the Lord. And then the, the prayer I pray after my confession is, Lord, fill me anew and afresh with Your Holy Spirit. So we have a life lesson on prayer. The example of Jesus His exhortation, His explanation about asking, be persistent. His explicit instructions to ask. A life lesson from Luke on prayer. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is, is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and, and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that You are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I, I've messed up, and I ask Your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want You to come and live in my life. So I invite You. I open myself to You. Come and indwell me in Your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and to follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, and you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now, and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something, and, and you refuse to do it? Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what He wants you to do, or stop doing what He doesn't want you to do, and get your life right to Him. Life's too short. It goes by so quick. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to speak to you, to bless you, to guide you, to strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this day, and the whole reason we at A Word from the Lord broadcast this radio program is that God might speak into your life, that you might be the person He's called you to be. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You can also follow Foley on Twitter, 
His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.